out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Indeed. Thank you very much, Jim. Hello, welcome. This is David Eastall, The C86 Show, always playing the finest in indie pop. And um, as you know, we love a special guest. This, um, I've been going through some archives because um, I realised that uh, some of these interviews came out many years ago and um, I was never satisfied with them for various reasons. So um, this is going to be the interview, which is just in one take. No editing, no fancy stuff. And uh, this is the interview. Like I said, this was about 2017 when the Nightingales were about to play Norwich Arts Centre and uh, the interview began when I was talking uh, about the Midlands and the indie scene and all those bands that we used to love so much, including We Have a Fuzz Box and we're going to use it, Terry and Jerry and lots more besides. But this was Rob's reply. Rob, take it away. I don't know, but... um... I mean, I had my own um, little record label at the time, and I put out Fuzzbox and Terry and Jerry, so I was the person responsible for getting them heard, first of all. Of course, because you did Bindaloo Records, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. And I bought the 12-inch of Rockin' with Rita. Oh, right. (laughs) With the one and only Ted Chippington. Yeah. Which was um, obviously one of our classics of the 80s, actually. Yeah, I think so. It was good. So, look, can you just tell us a little bit about the Nightingales and how that all came into being? Yeah, well, um, originally, when I was still at school or just left school, I um, I was in a, a, a... punkish band called the prefects um that um never really did a lot but we um it's a it's a bit of a strange old story but we ended up playing the last few gigs on the clashes white riot tour and um during the course of that john peel saw us and took a shine to us so we did a couple of sessions but um we never made a record or anything and the band split up um and then i um Decided I wanted to continue making music, so um, I formed the Nightingales. And um, obviously, because Peel had been interested in the prefects, he took an interest in the Nightingales and started giving us sessions. And then uh, Rough Trade put out a single by the band, and we got a deal with Cherry Red Records. And for the early part of the 80s, we were we were banging out records quite regularly and um, were sort of press darlings, I suppose. Yes. Um, and then um, during the middle of the 80s, for, for a variety of reasons, the, van, the band fell apart. Yeah. Um, and I went off and just did um, relatively sort of, you know, normal jobs away from music for, for a while. Um, before, um, at the beginning of, I don't know, the early 2000s at some stage, um, decided to sort of reform the reform um, a version of the Nightingales yes. and since then we've made I don't know we've been I, I can't remember exactly how many albums we've made but quite a few and um, a lot and, yeah and toured because normally and uh, normally the, what I've sort of found interviewing so many bands from this period was that there's a sort of four to five year sort of arc isn't there sort of narrative of getting together sort of having a year sort of making some sort of sound then the single the album a bit of a tour then the tricky second album and then everyone falls out and walks away so you 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 had a slightly similar kind of arc to that as well didn't you yeah it were, I, I suppose so certainly um certainly in the terms of the time span um but what happened with um 
with the the 80s nightingales um because i started this vindaloo label and um a couple of the artists ted chewington and Fuzzbox, um specifically um started doing well and um i was away i was doing a lot on the label i, I produced the first Fuzzbox record so i was with them for quite a long time and the and the, the other members of the nightingales just got fed up right. of, of waiting for me to give them attention yes yes so the, so that's how it fell out, fell apart it wasn't that we actually fell out as people or or musically something had gone wrong they just um they got bored and wanted to you know wanted to go on and do something else because it must have been a bit strange having such success i suppose putting out uh, an indie label which obviously Normally it is, is okay, but doesn't do a huge amount. But you got the Fuzzbox, which kind of were, at the time, for a couple of years, were really huge, weren't they? They were, yes, yeah. Um, almost instantly, it was quite weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, they we put out their first EP, and then literally they were on the front cover of every magazine yes. um, around, and every every major record company wanted to... Um, wanted to sign them yeah because i remember I'd, I'd sort of had that experience myself and actually bought the album boston sea boston and just thought they were just like the best band ever well not quite ever but you know what i mean yeah. they were just they just caught uh, captured a moment which obviously was going to be very tricky when they did their second album and then had signed to a major but uh, but that particular period was just you know they were just very good so obviously you had to put the nightingales to one side um well i i I suppose I did it um, without thinking about it, really. You know, I was just, um, uh, I just got caught up in the, uh, in the action. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it all, ha- all of that happened so quickly, and because I was um, producing the stuff, yes, without actually thinking that I was ignoring the Nightingales. I was just, yeah, spending that time with Fuzzbox. And, well, it's uh, quite interesting because I, I sort of spoke to the guy who, or one of the people, or the two people, uh, who ran Sarah Records, and they didn't really have a plan. I think they just wanted to put out a single, and then they thought, oh, actually, that's got done quite well, much better than we expected. So they kept going, and they thought, well, we'll get to 50, and then they thought, well, actually, well, let's get to 100 and then call it a day. So they didn't, again, they didn't start with a, this is what's going to happen, because I guess no one does know what the, the future's going to hold, do they? No, not at all. I mean, there was... Um, yeah, likewise at Vindaloo, there wasn't any plan, and we and and believe you me, um, no one thought the first box was going <laughs> to be successful. But you must have been very pleased because out, uh, out of those el- um, artists you played um, dealt with, uh, Terry and Jerry, who recently supported Status Quo, which was quite amazing, and have sort of still together uh, after sort of years apart. And the first box are still together. And there's also Ted Chippington, who's obviously a huge cult star amongst the likes of Stuart Lee. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the last few tours we've um, that we've done over the last, I don't know. Four years or so, Ted has always has still been on tour with us, supporting us. But he got um, he got a bit poorly, so he missed the last one, and he he's not doing these up and coming dates either. Right. So. Um, but yeah, he's um, with Stuart and Phil Jupitus and Richard Herring and Simon Munnery <laughs> and God knows, you know, there's quite a list of yes. them. Uh, they're all real massive Ted fans. Yeah, and what was the you know what was the sort of driving influence of the Nightingales in your musical direction? Where did you sort of come from? You know, in the sense of you know influences. Um, well, originally uh, the, the the bunch of people that, that 
that sort of formed the Nightingales. They were all into different um, different things. There wasn't. Um, I know a lot of bands get together, and it's a bunch of mates who all like say. Um, you know, such and such a band, or, and um, they've all got similar musical tastes, and whether they kind of try and emulate the the, the people they like, or um, or not, you know, they've got a, a sim, similar mu- musical backgrounds. Whereas um, that wasn't the case with the Nightingales, and it, and and it still isn't with the lineup that we have now. Right. Um, you know, we don't we don't all like the same things. Um, and the idea of the music, really, I suppose, or certainly the idea with the music now is we don't see any limits to to what we what we do. You know, we don't kind of think, oh, we're a, a metal band or we're a goth band or we're a, anything. You know, we can if we want to play reggae, we'll play reggae. Sure. Um, are you a bit like you know? This might not be the greatest comparison. Are you a bit like a Marky Smith of the of the Nightingales? Um, well. I, I don't know what that means, really. <laughs> well, I suppose he is the, the fool, isn't he, Marky Smith? And I guess he gets through members like some people get through, I don't know, energy bars, a, a sort of a, a, a sort of a marathon. So I'm just thinking that I just wondered if he, you are the you are the sort of the Gun Nightingales. With... No, no, I'm not. I'm not like um, I'm not like a dictator or anything. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I'm the leader, and have been, um, you know. Um, I'm the only Nightingale who's who's always been in it, um, but I'm not a dictator, and um, you know I've always wanted to be in a band. I don't want to be a solo artist. I don't want to be like Mark Smith and the Fall or Vic Goddard and the Subway Sect or yeah. anything like that. You know, I've always wanted to be um, in in a group. Um, yes, and I'm... and uh, I mean as it happens as well, but Mark's had. He's had the same lineup for a long time now. You know, um, people come and go, and people certainly have come and gone in the Nightingales. There's been a lot of members over the years. But that's either because they get fed up that they're not making any money, or, um, you know, they, they the jobs or wives or yeah. whatever um, dictate what they do. It's not, um, it's not always a question for... Outsiders, I think, seem to see it as a... Even with Mark, you know, see it as um, as, as though it's someone wielding the axe all the time. Yeah. But well, it, um, often, often it's the other people's decisions to. Well, it's interesting because I spoke to um, one half of I Ludicrous last week, and um, he was saying that with the band, they just looked at it as more of a hobby, which he was pleased a bit, pleased about it because actually it sort of kept it quite interesting. And at the same time, they had to also do other things like well, they didn't have to, but they got married, got mortgages, had to get a job, you know, keep all that world together. And and though the band was fun, they realised it wasn't going to really be their sort of main source of income. But as a hobby, they really enjoyed it, and they they've continued to you know keep together mainly because there's just two of them, and um, just occasionally bring out the odd album when they want to, really. So they, they, they're they quite happy with that. Um, yeah, well, um, bully for them. I mean, I would sooner... Um, I'd like to be more popular. I'd like to be... I'd like it to be, um, you know, everyone in the band, to, for it to be their income and to be full-time... Yes. ...full-time musicians. You know, I don't... It, it's not a hobby by choice for me. <laughs> <laughs> So when you when you sort of look back at you, the very early you know eighties when you were sort of getting the band together and also your um, Vindaloo Records, what what would, do you wish you'd known then that you know now? 
Oh, gosh, that's quite a long list of stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, I wished... Um, gosh, that's a that's a very good question. And and there's there's a whole heap of stuff, which is just more where to begin, really. <laughs> um, I, I, obviously, I was, I was very young and... Um, and so quite naive about everything. Um, um, I suppose the idea that um, when when a record company showed interest, I was a bit sort of eager about things. Well, I would have played harder to get, put it like that. Right. <laughs> um, and um, I would have been... Um, more more forceful about it making econ- economic sense. Right. Um, and what about Vindaloo Records? What what sort of top tips would you have um, liked to have had when you started that label? Um, well, I would I wouldn't do it again. Um, I I did it primarily as um as a way of getting um you know as a, an outlet to put out Nightingale's material, and then decided to do. Um, to release other stuff that I liked, yeah. and um, and I knew various people. I mean, back in those days, it seems a, seems like a, another lifetime ago, you know. But um, but Rough Trade as a as an organisation, not just as a record label, as a as a distribution network and stuff, were very very helpful to uh, to to sort of young upstart types like myself, um, and so it seemed quite quite easy to put out records by um other people that I liked yeah. and um and in retrospect I mean this is just something I've learned from life really it's not just unique to bands or whatever yeah. but uh, you have to be very careful about that because most people um um just kind of use you to to you know and, and once they once they've got um it's like um you know, it's like being married to someone and then um, they see someone younger and prettier down the road fluttering their eyelids at them and they uh, bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, that's something... It's it's just all it's just all naivety, really. You know, I was, um, I was born in a small town with small-minded parents and I wasn't the brainiest kid on the block. And so um, when I got involved in it all... Um, I had a uh, yeah, a sort of um, small, small, small town mentality towards it. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't understand right. the, the mechanisms of it. I didn't understand <coughs> the way that people are. You know, you, when you're a teenager or early twenties, you don't understand. Maybe people are a bit wiser these days. I don't know, mm. but I certainly didn't understand the 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 makeup of people. So I was too trusting, too daft, just generally naive. Yes. Well, that's yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, again, uh, I know it's a cliche, but at the time, I suppose no one really knows what the next few years are going to be like, and um, and especially when it comes to success with music and bands, because most bands that I know, especially in this area, don't do anything. You know, I mean, we don't really have a fantastic music scene that really goes beyond a very small group of mates who are in bands and their mates but they don't really sort of they haven't really i wouldn't say the norwich norfolk scene is really bursting with bands that have broken out of norwich and norfolk i mean there's a lot of bands now much more than there used to be but but again you know they all hope they're going to make it and obviously they don't whereas actually with the nightingales and vindaloo records it did sort of get 
get out and about from your small town, didn't it? And and the and the fuzz box that you probably would have thought, well, that's a nice sound, but we'll probably press five hundred and sell five hundred. Well, we'll probably sell one hundred and you know give the others away. But it didn't happen like that, did it? No, no. In in their case, it was a uh, it was a lot different and 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 very fast. You know, that was the that was the most amazing thing that it didn't that it was a, an overnight yeah success. Totally. But with um with the nightingales um we never you know we didn't even during that uh, the the successful vindaloo period that you're talking about it wasn't really that like the nightingales as a band weren't getting much benefit from it no and uh, I mean it's still um you know not selling a lot of records or or whatever and we've never had um I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm whinging about this because it's just the way it is. But um, we've never had any. Um, we've never had like a manager, for example, or a booking agent, or yeah. any of the any of the stuff that um, that a, a lot of a lot of other bands get um, that sort of you know are able to move up the ladder because we've never had um, um, a background network. You know, anyone sort of helping us out or working with us it's all it's always been um us doing it ourselves and and well it's it's done well and you're going to be coming to norwich very soon as well aren't yeah you? the not the the art center I, I believe it's monday the 20th of february yes so um and will you be playing stuff from your whole back catalogue and new material no we only play current um current material um um uh, unlike just about all the other bands um, on the circuit that, that existed in the 1980s, we don't do any. We're not into nostalgia. We don't do, um, you know, any of the <laughs> hits in inverted commas. Right. Um, so it'll be stuff that's either off our last album or two, or um, off the next album is quite often the case. Yes. And we have a new. We have a new EP which comes out this Friday, um, so obviously we'll be playing that. I mean, as I'm as I'm talking to you, to in all honesty, I'm not sure what the set will be because mm. we haven't actually, I, you know, we haven't actually sat down and decided. Um, but um, it certainly won't. In answer to your original question, no, it won't be um, a, a sort of career history with all with a bunch of back catalogue numbers. The material, it's not only am I against the nostalgia trip, but also I think that the contemporary material is actually better than the stuff that we did in the past anyway. Excellent, excellent. Well, look, Rob, I've got lots there, actually. So hopefully um, I'll come and see you. But um, we, I do this show, the C86 show. So what I normally do is do a bit of a special and have bits of the interview and then much more of the uh, music that um, from the band. So it all sounds very exciting. But I'll tell you when it comes out. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. That's great. Well, have a great day. OK. And thank you ever so much for your time. OK, and if you, you should really... Um you know, not just blowing my own trumpet, but you should try and get down to the down to the knack the night we're playing because I think as a live band it's better than any of the records. Excellent. Well, no, I'm definitely going to try and make it because it'll be great to see the Nightingales after all these decades. Yes, yeah, sure thing. Okay, take care. All right then. Okay, bye bye. bye, -bye.